In today's show, we discuss should the UK adopt a biometric security ID system? And now, the TNT Talk Show, daring to go where other podcasts fear to Hello, I'm Tony Fasula, and I share the stage with my esteemed friend and colleague, Tayo Boya. Tayo, hello, my friend. I hope you are keeping safe and well. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know why I ask you, you know. <laughs> my, may I say I don't either? <laughs> <laughs> oh poor audience what do they think <laughs> anyway i am not going to ask you to say hi to our audience like again our yeah. new tradition i'm gonna do it very good we finally <laughs> got there yes hello audience <laughs> welcome to the shenanigans anyway in today's show we're discussing should the uk adopt a biometric security id system now i came up with this topic but Tayo, what's your initial thoughts about it? Well, I don't, I don't think at this stage that I really care. We've got biometrics in our passports anyway, for those of us who do have passports. So they sort of know what we look like, so to speak. I'm not really sure I care. And I think there might be some positives because obviously the country is suffering a sort of a mini invasion now from illegal well yes i'll call them illegal illegal border crossings and one way to deal with to deal with that is to make it very difficult for people who are not identified to get a job and that would make this country less attractive because if you can't get a job and you can't get a benefits or anything there's no point coming here so i can see the positives but as the world moves seemingly ever more towards more and more totalitarianism. I mean, what's going on in Australia and Austria and Canada is basically unbelievable for Western, so-called Western democracies. Mm-hmm. Then there are legitimate causes to be concerned, I think. The, 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 power, the, the powerful are getting too powerful and they're not properly regulated. And this technology, I believe, might have implications which increases their power over us and that would be my concern yes i'm actually uh, in a way agreeing with you funny enough because we have we already have i think maybe a lot of people aren't aware of this mm-hmm. but if you have a passport it's already most of them now are all biometric anyway yes, they yes. already contain bits about your fingerprints your iris because if you ever go through uh, those security gates now at the E gates, I think they're called mm-hmm. during during um, going through the airport. They looking at your iris. They're yeah. taking a photo of your face shape and all the rest of it, and your fingerprints. They're these all are all stored on the chip in your passport mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So these identifiers are good in that respect because they're identifying you, and it's very difficult to falsify a passport in order to get in and out of the country. But where this would differ is the reach of this would increase where we have to have it for everybody in the country itself. So you've got, I mean, we have it, again, we have it taught to a degree now. If you want to drive a car, you need a photo ID of a driving Mm. license. So Mm. that identifies you. And it has certain data about you on the card. And so that is, in essence, a sort of ID form. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to take out a loan, when you're trying to you know, take out a mortgage or any financial transaction, you need these sorts of IDs in order to ensure that the relevant company is willing to give you the money or transact with you, et cetera, et cetera. So we've already got it by stealth in a way already Mm. so there's a lot of people out there griping so should we adopt it well we we, in essence we've we've got it there are a few people 
that don't drive or don't have a passport. So there is a case to be made. Should they have one too? But I mean, you said about the jobs nowadays, funny enough, it's actually hard for somebody to employ somebody unless they've done the proper checks. Unless you're a small bit company and you haven't, you know, you're just a one man band and you're looking for somebody just to help out. then obviously you can employ them and pay them cash. It's all under the radar. The ID system is irrelevant in that case. But if you're doing anything, you know, any sort of company size, you know, that that's recognized that needs to employ somebody, you have to do proper checks. And, you know, nowadays those checks are all done online to a degree mm. so the so the smes and beyond the big ones all having to do this sort of thing okay so without acknowledging that i'm in any way engaged in illegal activity i have heard to for this for the purposes of public broadcast <laughs> i have i have heard of people who are here illegally and are working without any any difficulty there are ways around it those ways around it would be far more difficult with proper ids so i would say that a lot of times a lot of people who work live and work in the uk are from my perspective quite innocent i mean like you you say a lot of things i just feel like oh poor you know poor dear you don't really know what's going on <laughs> because you're not in that circle i mean it's a very slight and very quick uh, digression. I was in Portsmouth once, and I've been driven by a, a, a female cab driver. Her, her gender doesn't is not relevant. I was driven by this cab driver, and she said to me, "I don't know what we're talking about." And I said, "Oh yes, I remember what we're talking about." I was, I was uh, where I was staying in the bed and breakfast. Yeah. Uh, the the previous evening, I'd gone down to the to the to the bar for a, a drink. And the two gentlemen sitting, standing uh, nearby were talking about where accommodation was finest. Hmm. And I eventually realized they're talking about prisons. Oh. <laughs> yes, man. How was my, how was my reaction? Uh, wait, hang on. Wormwood Scrubs. Isn't that a prison? And I, oh, <laughs> and then, and then I kind of twigged. Oh, my God. They're comparing prisons. Wow. And I was like, so I was explaining this to the to the woman. I was talking about, uh, oh, that well, well, where you where you're staying is actually a hotbed for getting drugs. Oh, I was like, uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. And she was like, well, I don't know. How did you not recognize it? I said, Look, lady, I don't recognize anything. I don't know anything. Okay, I, I, I don't, I don't live in those circles. I, I, you know, I hear people can arrive in a town. And within hours, they have found, you know, sources of uh, cocaine and things like that. And like, how? how? I, if really, if you paid me, if you offered me a million pounds, I'd lose the money because I, I, I don't know where to start. I mean, how do you? How am I supposed to? So, the, the, I'm trying to say that people live in silos, and if you're not, if you're not in that side, you might not even be aware that this sort of thing is going on. But I'm sure that in government, there are people who know what's going on and they they will use the ID cards in such a way as to close down more and more loose 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 ends, loopholes, I think is the word I'm, I'm looking mm. for. They will use use the uh, ID cards for this purpose. And and things tend to grow, technologies tend to grow to find usage. I mean, yeah. look at the internet. I mean, nobody proposed this. And the internet was just supposed to send a few simple emails and when it mm. started out. Look at what it's doing today. Same thing with ID cards, I believe. But do you think, though, it could be used to discriminate against people? Absolutely. Based on, well, see, that's, I mean, historically, that has been the case. It's going remember. to happen anyway, isn't it? Now that we're talking, I mean, once you start saying you want to inject people, I mean, so Austria we're talking about, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Austria is going to forcibly inject people starting from February next year, uh, uh, forcibly vaccinate people from February next year, according to a law that they're, they're creating. Now. Well, if that's for supposedly for the good of these people, how long is it going to be before they say you're overweight and for your good, we're going to note it in your ID or you smoke or you drink? or you've had STDs, or whatever. 
So all that starts showing up on your IED and then insurance wants to know about it because it helps insurance and then the banks want to know about it and pretty soon what's going on? Well, that that is probably available now anyway. That's the worry because granted in, in Austria, that's, I mean, the fact that they're wanting to forcibly inject people with a vaccine is incredible. I mean, that is now going back to pure fascism but yeah they haven't they haven't really traveled that far have they no. since, the, since the 20s and 30s of Good the last century god it's cyclical <laughs> they've gone back to where they they've gone I mean, back to where they started so what the hell is the matter with you austrians man for crying out loud i know i know but uh, okay there's the id card system actually there's little evidence funny enough to support that it actually prevents uh you know crimes because there's still opportunity there for false identities and also the problem as well is it's it creates a risk to personal data because it's not like you've got a i don't know like a credit card which is external to you yes it's linked to you by your name and your address and that's your credit card but if that gets compromised or stolen you just cancel that original number and you get another one. Now, if you then have a biometric ID card that is you, but gets compromised, how can they issue another one? Do you see what I mean? It's you. So it, that that adds, adds a challenge. It's like, well, hold on. Yeah. What if that gets fraudulently attacked? Because let me put it this way. There are always a number of people in organizations behind the scenes who set this all up. Fine. There's going to be some disgruntled employee that could be under pressure. They haven't got a lot of money. They've got themselves in debt. They're a high risk to the company, but they're dealing with people's data. They're setting up these cards. They're in this position. They could be influenced to sell data to make extra money and this is where a lot of fraudsters are getting some mileage they are not breaking systems down to get at the data they're attacking the weak weakest link which is the individuals already working at these companies that deal with the data and exploiting them directly so they haven't had to get through the defenses of the company through firewalls, security systems, because they're pretty robust. What they've done is gone through the weakest link, which is the individual. They've coerced or won over the individual via, you know, sweeteners, cash incentives, even even not bribery, but even maybe blackmail in order to get access to the crown jewels, which is the data which to a fraudster is valuable. And that's why we have these security breaches, even at big companies, because those security breaches have occurred, not because the systems up the front, which block people getting in, have been compromised, but it's been leaking from the inside and the people themselves are the weak link. Yeah, um, there's a, I don't know if he's been caught now, but at one time there was a Nigerian chap working out of Portugal hmm. who could get you uh, in, in, in inverted commas get you a legitimate passport because everything was right in the passport wow. everything so the question just came to you the question for you was simply uh, what country do you want to <laughs> yeah. what, what country do you want to come from so basically I think it was EU passports at the time Wow. Uh, so where do you want to be? German? You want to be what? what and there you are. You pay your whatever it was, number of euros I was looking for at the time. Yeah. And you get your a passport. Uh, certain people might wonder why the hell Tyra knows that. And all I say is because I, <laughs> <laughs> I hear a lot of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... But if I didn't even know that I was taking a drug in you know, a drug bread, bed and breakfast in, in, in Portsmouth, I think you can take it that I, I, I hear things rather than I do, I do things. I'm happy to be investigated anyway. I'm, I'm fine. 
So, <laughs> but you, you keep but it does. It does. It does. Yes. I. Sorry. What? You, you keep referring to me as Tony the Knife. You're tired of me. You know all this stuff. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm tired of gossip. I. I. You know, I'm a talker, man. You know, I'm. I'm a talker, not a doer. Um, to paraphrase Michael Jackson. Yeah. The. I, the idea is is that I've been worried about, and I'll. I'll voice this now, and like, people are going to say I'm racist. But remember that I'm black, so I don't know if I can be racist. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> said tongue, tongue in cheek. I don't think that we should have people who aren't white Britons who've been here for who not just white Britons, but whose grandparents and grandparents, grandparents were born in Britain. I don't think we should have them in sensitive posts, anything to do like in the home office and places like that. You have to have been here for generations and to be really assimilated before we we let you head into a sensitive post. So when I'm coming in my usual port of entry in to the UK, just because of where I tend to travel, is usually uh, Terminal 5, Heathrow Terminal 5. And I'm coming to Heathrow Terminal 5, and a lot of people who are just they don't really look British, if you see what they mean. They're, they're definitely not white. They don't sound British. They don't look British. And I'm like, why are you at passport control? Why are you in this office whatsoever this is just it's a security i don't care we you know who's looked at you anything how 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 deeply committed are you to this country how how sensible is it that you're there i mean and if you if if this sort of thing is going on in securities in the security services also we've we've just gone so woke and so liberal that we're like i said it before white britons are giving their country away they're actually gifting it away because this is all very very dangerous if there's a a problem with well there's you know likely to be a problem with rising asia not just china but other parts of asia they're, they're, they'll rise too and one day foreseeably they will overtake the west and then you have a problem with them but they've already got their people in the heart of your government. Look at our, our cabinet today. Look at the, the British um, cabinet. And you're looking at these people and you're thinking to yourselves, I don't know how comfortable I am with all this. And no one is saying anything. Again, you know, going back to, is this, are we doing the free speech thing? No, we've done that already. Oh, oh dear. Nobody's, nobody's asking, to me, legitimate questions. It's like, is this safe? I don't feel safe. Well, let me, let me jump in there. I mean, I know you're talking about biometric identifier and identifying their background and before they've got an ID system and who they represent. But that's a bit of a flawed argument, really, because you're now you're now basing a I mean, we digress ever so slightly from the topic, but you're now basing someone's trust level on their ethnicity. I can't even say that word. Ethnicity. But, yeah. The thing is, that's not correct, because if you've got historic views of you know upper class english people that have been spies for mm. you know foreign adversary adversary mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. your nationality really. yeah, you see your your nationality has no bearing on your trust level and no bearing on your loyalty to your country that's just silly because well, i was about to, i was about this is why why one should always be polite during during debates i was just about to open my mouth and say do you know tony that's an excellent point uh you've made and i'll have to sit down and think about where i'm coming from and then you use the word silly no 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 i was trying to reinforce the point that it seems which immediately put my back up and now i am not going to sit down i will i will draw that that (laughs) comment back you're not silly at all it was a valid point a valid opinion but however based on you know, past history, we have examples of native British yes, yes. people. What are they called? Because I know who you're talking about. Prof- not Profumo, sorry, the people before Profumo. The, were they from Cambridge or were they Oxford? They were, yeah, well. Um, I can't remember. The, the spies, the, the four spies. The Oxbridge they were, yeah. Either yeah. one of the places, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I can't, there, there's a name for them. The, not the Gang of Four. That was, the Gang of Four was Chinese, German Mao and his crowd, wasn't it? But they had a name. I don't know. I'd love that, like the audience to, to remind me. 
these were the people who spied for uh, the Soviet Union. That's right. Yeah, and they were, and they were recruited from Cambridge yeah. and you know Oxford and Cambridge, and they were British as British as you could be. Do you know yeah. why? Do you know why them to? Uh, for, I have. I know the defense. There's a defense, uh, the proper defense. You see, the British Secret Service was never penetrated until it broke its own rules. In the British, the, formerly in the British Secret Service, this is going right up to the Second World War. So all through the First World War, all before that, the British Secret Service was never penetrated by anyone because it was friends of friends, and okay. you had to be known to be brought into it. But the pressures of the Second World War. This just started bringing in virtually anybody. Now, I don't mean anybody. What I mean is it didn't need to be a friend of a friend any longer. It just had to have the right profile. Yeah. And like me, they were like, well, you're British, you know, you're from a good family, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever. And they brought them in. But obviously, some of these people were contaminated ideologically and were already Marxists, unbeknownst to the British Secret Service. And that's how the British Secret Service got penetrated. So, frankly... Friends of friends is what I usually propose as a response, just because I learned this some t- I learned of this some time ago during the eighties. I think uh, don't worry about why I was talking about intelligence in those days, but <laughs> for, for, for whatever reasons, <laughs> I was gossiping. Put it like that. I don't know if that story is going to wear. No, 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 it's, it's not. not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, there, there you go. That's why. So yeah, if you if 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 you stick to friends of friends, uh, people who are British, and uh, it should be okay. But you make a good point. You make a good point. It's not a guarantee that just because you are white Britain that you are automatically trustworthy. So yeah, that's good. Good point. Okay. Yeah. So going back to our point here about storing security data in a biometric database. I mean, if if we if we do that. The database itself obviously becomes a bit of a honeypot for fraudsters because it's you've mm. aggregated the data, identifying the public in generally in one place or just a couple of places. So it does make it more of a target. Now, granted, in in recent years, we've had this uh, distributed database way of working using um, the same that Bitcoin uses, the technology used for that. And the the basis of this technology for the benefit of our users and our listeners is it's very difficult to compromise. That's why Bitcoin works so well, because it it uses what's called a journaling system, but it's a distributed journal. And I'll explain what happens is there's a copy of the database securely in one location and it's copied directly in thousands of locations at the, you know, literally at the same time. So if you make a change to the data in one, all of them replicate at the same time. And so you've got this distributed model. So if a hacker was trying to read the data, as soon as you read one database, it marks it as been read and it shares it amongst all the others. So if you try and alter something, it will know you're trying to alter it and it won't let you alter it because if you do alter it on one, it knows it's a, it's not a proper advocated change and it won't replicate on all the others. So periodically, it will check against itself and notice that one's different from the others and then no longer they'll ban it and it won't work. So it's like a, a consensus when it has to do a, a result. So if you have to check somebody's security details, it checks not just one location, it checks them all. It says, okay, is this user who we say he is? And it will check them all and say, yeah, we've had, you know, 95 or 99% of all the responded machines, they could be anywhere, have all replied back to say, yeah, he is who he is. And so you can pretty certain that you know that data is secure and it can't be compromised. It's very, very clever technology i've explained it quite poorly i suspect but that's one way of dealing with ensuring that your data is safe because yeah i'm not sure that i'm not sure that the problem is really the safety of the of the data because you know with encryption and all of this distributed uh, database thing you're talking about which uh, by the way i didn't know about so that's quite interesting 
the, I, I feel quite comfortable that my data will be safe, but it's who wants to access it that bothers me right. and what they can do with that information. For, for example, yeah, everyone and everyone, everywhere I go and everywhere I, I talk to, people want to know my date of birth. Now, this was, this was supposed to be a, a security uh, the, um, datum. Mm-hmm. But now, I think I was making fun at the checkout. It was like, what's your date of birth? I said, I'm trying to buy, I can't remember what exactly I was buying. I said, look, I'm trying to buy oranges. You want to know my date of birth, which is supposed to be a secure thing. What do you need my date of birth for? And she gave me some spurious thing about, oh, you know, we use it for us. I don't really care. But why Why does everybody feel entitled now? And you call your 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 doctors, your date of birth. Okay, but don't you know who I am? What's it? You call your, your bank, your date of birth. You call the insurance, your date of birth. So, every, so as everybody knows my date of birth. If you don't know my date of birth, you haven't been paying attention, basically. It's no longer like that. Now, when I have this id card is it going to be a similar thing am i going to walk in and just because i want to buy alcohol they're going to say where's your id card and then they scan that and then they've got everything this is this is this is my issue that it it, it starts out being nice and tightly controlled and then maybe because big business is, is in cahoots with the politicians it starts it starts getting out of hand it's it's like why do you, why do you need these things? Uh, basically, you need to know whether I'm over over twenty one or not. In many many cases, all you really need to know is am I over twenty one? Am I or over eighteen? You know, am I an adult? That's that's really what you need to know. You don't need to know the specifics. But it, it turns out virtually everybody nowadays asks you for the specifics. So I, I don't really come. People actually phone you up and say, uh, just to confirm who you are, can I have your date of birth? So that's very well, but you phoned me. Yes. So how, I don't know who the hell you are. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's your telephone number? Not even what's your telephone number. Where do you work? I'll call you back using yeah. a, a, a number. I will find, you know, on the back of my credit card or so, whatever, or, or something like this. But the, but it's the entitlement. Mm-hmm. It's the entitlement because that's, that's the way they've been trained. Yes. And I also, sorry, I'll just make this final point, then I'll hand it back to you. And that's just the beginning of my issues. My actual problem is that it exerts, it allows government to exert total control over you. For instance, they give you an ID card, but it's got a transmitter in it, let's say. Mm -hmm. So they know where you are now. And you might need to, in future, not just present your, your credit card or your debit card or whatever, to draw money at an ATM or to spend money, maybe you also have to present your ID card. So if they want to switch you off, they'll switch you off, and then what? And how, how, how long will it be before it's miniaturized to the point where they'll say, carrying this card around is a bit of a hassle, guys, isn't it? Besides which, some people deliberately leave home without it. So what we want to do now is we want to inject you or we want to you know place this under your skin or something. Can I jump in? No, please. I've, you, 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 I've, made, you made a good point. The, the, the thing that you're talking about, about the card, very difficult. If, well, if you had a card, that would be left, like you said. But why? We've already got this data. Think about it. Do you well, to track your, you. To track you, I'm No, saying. they track you now. They huh. don't need to track you. Because if you had a, if you had a chip... <laughs> they track you now we've got it in our pockets our phones if you unlock your phone with your fingerprint which is the last way of unlocking phones for the last five years mm. whoever manages the fingerprint is managed on the phone and the phone sends that centrally to ensure that your fingerprint is valid so you're being you've got it already you're being tracked how do you think how do you think when you buy something or even inquire about something, it follows you on the internet and on your phone and things like that because you're being tracked. You are being tracked now. There is no difference. We, a, a physical card makes absolutely no sense with a ID chip in it because, number one, to track you with the chip, it would have to have power to send a signal out. Mm. This is the problem with some of these conspiracy theorists who think you're being injected with a chip via the vaccine, mm-hmm. which is silly. Mm-hmm. You need power to send a signal out. So that's impossible. And a chip in a card could be powered, but then the chip would have to have a battery. Do you see what I mean? And there's no mm-hmm. physical way of doing that. The only way that would work is where you have what's called an NFC chip. 
which is different because it only responds when power is sent to it. Mm. So for argument's sake, the, the, they won't be able to track your card, but as soon as you scan it under a scanner, it records it's your card and now knows you're in that building because that's where the scanner is. Yeah, that's how they do it. And that's how even today, if you have a credit card or a, a store card or a, a points card, they know you're shopping. They know. They know where you've been. And also they can um, your credit card, how it works is where you buy. They work out. There's algorithms that work out if you spent money in one shop. Is it viable that 20 minutes later down the same high street? you're spending money again yes of course it's viable so they don't let it they let it through sorry if however 20 minutes later you're now making a purchase in london and you were in edinburgh they know that that won't work and that's not physically present and they block that transaction so they know where you are also google if you have google on your phones if you have an android phone for instance google knows exactly where you are all the time. So even if you don't report back to Google, you don't do anything at all. The way Google Maps works is based on everybody's mobile phone reporting back at their, where they are at any point in time. So Google phone knows you're moving in a car when it works out that you're now doing more than 10 mile an hour. Unlikely to be running, carrying your phone at 10 mile an hour and above. So they then assume you're in a car and that's when they can track where you are in a car. And that's how the mapping service works. So you're already being tracked. They already know who you are, roughly. Having it in a uh, a system like a, uh, a, a card ID system is, is not really relevant. I mean, I like your idea if someone if they suggested I don't know if I like it, I wouldn't want to use it myself, where they say, well, you don't need your phone. Just put this chip in your in your arm. Some companies have adopted that. I was already. about to say. I was yeah. about to say. Yes, yeah, some companies are already doing that. Yeah, just so that you can get into the building. So rather than have your ID pass, you just scan your wrist as you enter the building. They don't know where you are in the building unless you happen to walk past the scanner. But it allows you into security doors, for instance, without needing an ID pass. But what's the difference between that and them looking at an iris? They've got your iris symbol. You just look at the, the doorway where the iris scanner is, and it identifies you. Isn't that because there are two things that you said that I'd like to bring up. The first thing is you said the fingerprint is distributed on your phone, and it goes out, goes out makes a central check to make sure that it's you. Well, no, it, no, that doesn't actually work locally on the phone, but they all could right, access I was going to say. Data. Yeah, they could access that. Well, okay, all right, fine, because actually... Yeah, the other thing is you can switch off location on your phone, which is supposed to protect you from being tracked when you switch off location on your phone. So I how effective that is that you have to believe your phone manufacturer is actually honoring that that contract. But I suppose in this day and age, if they weren't, then mind you, and this, they do things and then they get found out and then they pay money. So yeah. there's no good reason to believe that they're actually honoring that. And finally, when you're talking about walking around with this chip in your have <laughs> this chip on your arm, because a chip on your shoulder. But <laughs> when, when you walk around with this chip in your in your wrist or whatever, if they're not tracking you now, that's the limitation of the network, I'm sure, rather than anything else. And the whole idea of the Internet of Things and 5G is that it will enable these things, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Oh, correct. there we go. So actually, from the point of view of being a conspiracy theorist, it's it's just give it time and it'll pass. But, so that doesn't actually is, solve our issues. Need, they don't even need to put the chip in you because they can identify you, listen to this, by your face, obviously. So they don't need a chip in you. And 5G, because of the way it can send data in a more accurate manner and faster, because it's a much higher frequency, they can track you from a short distance away. So they don't need any chip in you at all. They can look at your features. They can look at, listen to this, your your voice if you speak mm. remotely. They can also look at the way you walk, your gait. Mm, your gait, yes. Yes. So all these things are happening to identify your uniqueness 
So they don't need to insert a chip in you. You don't ever have to have a chip. They can identify your body shape by looking at your image. Do you remember just very a, a few years ago? It didn't catch on at the time. Xbox had this. Uh, I can't remember what it was called that you you could play the game just by moving your hands around. You didn't need a controller. Remember this? Oh, uh, we. Well, we had a controller in your hand, which worked a similar way. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Xbox. Was it Xbox? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. They you took kind of just waved your arms around. Yeah, and that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Now, the technology since then, obviously, it hasn't really, it didn't really take off as far as the Xbox was concerned, but the technology since then has been superseded multiple times. Mm. It's so accurate now that you don't even have to be within close proximity to the device and it can it can look at you it can know your weight well not your weight it knows your height it knows your now. height it can mm-hmm. work out your body shape and 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 there's some uses for it mind you for instance there's some of the people in the online clothing business they're looking at this technology so that you can get accurate measurements literally by just just standing in front of this camera and it can measure you <laughs> and then have all your figures or your stats so you're now 36 waist your long trousers you have 15 and a half inch collar size uh your hand size is this for these gloves so they all only offer you clothing that fits your body shape so you can be guaranteed that the selection you pick online will fit you when you order it and the idea behind this technology is that you then don't send it back because it don't fit you can send it back because you may not like it that's different but you you don't send it back because it don't fit because they've analyzed up front they've analyzed your body from a camera in, in minute detail so they can only offer you clothes and services in, in essence that actually wouldn't you have you. to be wouldn't you have to be as close to nude as possible to have an accurate assessment because obviously if i wear one of my baggy african outfits you wouldn't be able to see anything basically yes, correct that is correct okay. the idea being is that you stand in front of the camera uh when you're looking to buy you can keep the profile that obviously the profile is private mm. but your measurements are recorded and they take you know literally but the camera can look at your girth can look at your waist look at your hips look at the length of your legs look at your arms and your height and work all this out in an instant correct and then you then you just take i'm so glad that you you qualified your earlier statement when you said 15 and a half inches uh for a second i was wondering where the hell you're going with that and then you said colors. I was like, okay, thought Tony was was really out there, man. Really, really way out there. I was like, dude, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? And then he's like, colors. I was like, ah, right, fair enough. <laughs> I was like, so yeah, that. Uh, th- thanks for clearing that up. That was a bit, a bit concerned, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I should be concerned. I, I think someone else should be concerned. I, I won't mention who, but <laughs> a donkey or something. Else? <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, so, going no. back to the biometric bit, so that that they could already do that. And you're right, you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't need a chip in your arm. They can identify you via many other means without direct contact. But the the idea as well is that they will very soon make airport security very very quick so you are literally walking through Mm. a panel and they do it now to a degree because Mm. you have to walk through those little i don't know if our audience have have been to airports recently obviously during the pandemic but there's a you know these these corridor things that you walk through and then again they're analyzing you they're taking Mm. your reading and biometric readings so they can do that already but that will be the new security system where you just literally walk through it and they know who you are because of your the way you walk, your body shape, your iris, your face shape and, you know, other indicators on your body that you really can't hide 
to a degree, and and they can check you that. Well, I'll tell you, take your glasses off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk through. Yeah, walk through. Do don't have any head. Don't have any head coverings or whatever, yep. and then just walk through. Yeah. And you don't need to undo your shoes or whatever, which is a blessing as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I'll be quite happy with that. And that's going to help. You know, take yeah. off your your belts and your braces and whatever. It's ridiculous. And you just walk through, and then they can they can have a good look at you. But I wonder how healthy it is for the body uh, when people are when people are taking X rays. The the X ray operators they're always going to stand somewhere, you know, to protect themselves. <laughs> and and then I had a series of X rays, and I said to the lady, I said, "How many of these am I supposed to have a, a year?" And she said, "Well, you can." Get away with a, a few, you know, three, four. Uh, but this is like my fifth or sixth, man. Are you trying to, try, trying to kill the black guy here? Are you people are such exactly. <laughs> she laughed, man. And he said, well, she'll have a look at it and and uh, she'll uh, discuss it with the radiologist. And then she came back and said, no, 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 it's fine. Because it's in different places and, you know. But I was like, yeah, really? But you guys stand behind this, you know, thick, whatever it is. Thick glass, apparently, you can stop. The kind of radiation, the, the kind of X-rays they use, which I want to have thought. Going back to the biometric thing, mm. it's it's my fears are maybe a bit fantastical, but mm. they're based on a film called Enemy of the State. Or oh Enemy. yeah, no, I can't remember who the chap was, the lead actor. Was it Bill Smith or some like I can't remember. Uh, it could be yes. And remember, he was he was switched off. He was taken off the grave, off the system, mm-hmm. and he couldn't function as a normal human being because they they switched everything off. And mm-hmm. that that is my now. Like I said, this is a bit fantastical. It was based on a movie, and the movie was, I believe, from the nineties. Yeah, even before even before now. But we seem to be moving in that general direction where they will be able to do this. Absolutely. And that's my that's my concern. That, and if you you were the one who told me, Tony, that governments are, are trying to move towards crypto, mm-hmm. and then we've really we've really had it. I mean, that's total control over. Every, you can't spend money because there is no money. It's yeah. all it's all in the cloud. And by the way, what happens in the event of a nuclear war where somebody fires off an EMP in the atmosphere and destroys all our systems? Then what? Then we're back to like the cave, you know, trade by barter. Mm-hmm. It's a very dangerous direction to be moving, and it's the over reliance on technology. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That if when it goes to digital currency, which is what a lot of governments are now looking at, that would eradicate a lot of problems. But you're right; you, it's it becomes a dystopian society to a point because you're now handing the control and the keys of society to. The government it locks stock and barrel we lock then, stock and barrel yeah yeah you've lost all your all independence. your um, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. not just independence your ability to be independent the frightening thing is you've lost your ability to be independent unless you actually learn how to live off the grid you know you learn how to move to the rocky mountains and become a bear trapper and sorry the the, the, the beaver whatever the, those guys trap over there <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah and and live off the land yeah, you know, but if you can't do that, for instance, you have health issues like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the main health issue I think I have is laziness. So <laughs> that's that's my main. That's what is mainly stopping me from, you know, apart from health issues, from uh, going and living off the land. It's like who's going to do all that agro and all that hard work? Mm. But but given governments these. I don't know how we're just sleepwalking into all this. This wow. this should be this should be something that ought not be possible because we ought to be saying uh, no, and we're not. And the people seem to be asleep, I, you know. And by the time they wake up, and this gets go along to get along. That's an expression. Go along yeah. to get along. Yeah. But the thing is, the, the, the thing is, these things. It's like we humans ourselves. We're just like the frog. You boil a frog, yes, yes, you know, that example. For the mm. benefit of our listeners, there's a, a famous story about how do you boil a frog. If you have boiling water on the pot, you try and put a frog in it, the frog will just jump out because it notices the water's hot. But instead, you put a cold pot on the hob and you put a frog in it and slowly raise the heat. 
eventually the heat will get too much. The frog won't realize and it will be burnt alive. And that's how we are. We are, as you've rightly said, we're sleepwalking into this because the changes are slow and gradual that we just sort of go, yeah, whatever. They're small in there in isolation. They're small, but added together cumulatively. Look where we've come from to where we are now. And if you look at that, you see, my goodness me, we have put a lot of our personal information into government hands to identify us. But then you can equally on the flip side of that, you could question, well, if it's making my life easier, it's allowing me to get the services I require. If it, if it makes my uh, the way I operate far simpler then I suppose, I mean, you've got a gripe against this, but I suppose I'm giving away a little bit of my freedom for convenience. But you have argument with that because freedom should not be negotiable. I want to bring us, I want to bring the, the conversation back to the, when you, you brought up the x-ray thing and whether 5G, when they do this, will have an effect, a negative effect, blah, blah, mm. blah. Well, there, there was an original, there was an original gripe about Wi-Fi. And most people have Wi-Fi in their house and there's always this fear thinking, oh, gosh, 5G is just an extension of that. And is that going to cause us a problem to the body? Well, 5G is not even close to X-ray, for instance, right? Not even close. And Wi-Fi is not even close either. And you have Wi-Fi on in your house and obviously it penetrates all the walls. It's there, but it has no effect on individuals although there are there are people out there who claim they're they're wi-fi sensitive which (laughs) to some degree we don't know but anyway going back to x-ray and 5g if 5g if you're walking for a 5g environment and it's checking your your personal data in effect you know your face shape your eyes your 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 gait as you walk is that harmful well x-rays you can have 10 a year and they're not harmful mm-hmm. because the doses are actually relatively low in the past they used to be a lot higher and yes if you had too many then they could cause you an issue if you had them in the same body part for instance x-rays nowadays are not as bad as they were so there's not really much of a risk there is a slight risk and again, it's slight with children, very young children having x-rays. Mm. But otherwise, if you're an, an adult, they don't have any issue at all. In fact, airline pilots, would you believe, have more of a problem because they're exposed to radiation when they're flying a plane because they're well, jet pilots. In the sky. Yeah, jet pilots. Yeah, no, so specifically jet pilots. Props, props don't generally fly that high. Yes, that's right. It is jet pilots, and they have to monitor how many hours flying they have a year. Mm. I mean, jet. For, for a long time, I didn't know that. And when I found out, I was quite astonished. Mm. And even if you're a frequent flyer, you're in the air a lot. You're actually exposed more there than you are with x-rays. But even a frequent flyer, if you're having to fly every day for a job, as there are some people who use a plane as, to, as a commute, even that is still not exposing you to enough radiation or whatever to cause you a problem. So going back to 5G, which is my original starting point, no, it wouldn't cause you any problems, despite what people are claiming in terms of 5G masks and all the rest of it. Um, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen any birds around a 5G mast that have died. Have you? I don't know where 5G masks are. <laughs> remember there was a spate of my, people my gossip doesn't extend to things like <laughs> my gossip thing doesn't uh, i believe yeah. there's one at the top of my road because I, I don't know what it is it just appeared one day a mast mm. of some sort yeah. seems to have something like camera like on it rather than what i'd recognize to be um a, tele- a telecoms mast so I don't know whether it's a camera and why they've erected a camera there to look down my road. There's another one about three, four hundred yards away, further down. 
uh, if anybody knows Northampton, I don't know why it would, but if you know Northampton, if you know where the Queen Elena uh, exchange is, it's a huge roundabout. And if you know Northampton, you'd know of it. It's one of the major yeah. inter- interchanges, the Queen Elena interchange. If you look, if you're around there, you look for this mast. It's it's weird looking. It it stands out from other masts. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like the other masts, like any other masts you've seen. We've seen telecoms masts. We've seen, you know, security masts with cameras on. This one is, is different. And I still don't know what it's what it's for. And if anybody knows, it would be nice if they could tell. Say, you'd have to oh, take what, what you'd, I suggest you do is take a take photo. Take a picture and then put, put it on, on, our, our, on our, our, our Facebook page. Absolutely. What is this? Excellent. Well, good suggestion, Tony. Another good suggestion. <laughs> hey, Tony is really sort of rolling. He's really on form today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's go back to the proving somebody in terms of identity and uh, you can see where there's there's reason for establishments to want to know who an individual is in terms of the benefit they can receive, you know, financial mm. issues for security reasons. So there's a whole wealth of reasons why being able to identify someone correctly makes perfect sense. But then again, look what's happened during COVID itself where the government has given money to businesses in order to prop them up during furlough. Mm-hmm. So it's not paying just individuals furlough money. It's giving grants to companies to keep them afloat whilst they've had to be closed. Because obviously the government mandated every all these companies are closed. These companies still have to survive, pay their bills. So the government gave them grants. Now, because the checks weren't, done as well as they could have been the government have been subjected to a lot of fraud because there's opportunists out there people thinking wow we can get free money here from the government and because they didn't put enough checks and balances in place there's quite a proportion i think they worked out it's like two percent of the money that the government dished out has been has been fraudulent so imagine there. there's a lot of people two percent of you know, hundreds of billions, it's, it's quite a lot of money. So they they didn't do the due diligence. They didn't do the checks on who they were giving it the money to. Mm. And a lot of money was lost. And unfortunately, God, you and I, surprised. you and I, the taxpayer, will have to fund that lost income. It was ever this. It was ever this. And it will not be the rich either who will be mostly tapped out for this. No, no, indeed. indeed. This is just how things work, I'm afraid. Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, so I'm still of the opinion, you know, a national, I mean, going back to the start of our topic here, should the UK adopt a biometric security ID system? I think, to be honest, they don't need to adopt one because we've really already got one. By and large, there's very little that isn't there. It's already in some shape or form in place. But whether it's a formal ID system where you've got a card which gives some assurance as to who you are, that's prone to being lost. That's prone to being uh, be fraud, uh, uh, fraud, prone to be copied. You're introducing a whole issue there. So I think they should just stick with the current methods now and use several of them to identify somebody rather than one you know, one single card that contains all your data in one place. I mean, it doesn't need to be a card. It could be an app on your phone, for goodness sake. So you don't have to go through all the hassle of producing this card. It could be a way of having it on your phone. So you open the app and there's your photo, there's your details. Someone would scan it with a, a QR code and they've got what they need. But you can then tailor it as to what the recipient should see. Do you see what I mean? So, for instance, let's say you were saying you went into a store and they said, let me know your date of birth. Well, you say, well, why do you need to know it? And if they say we need to know it here and then you can do your app. If they're on the approved app list of the store that you're going in, you can just press the button for the store and it only divulges what they need as opposed to all your other data. Yeah, well. 
Uh, I just feel as those are going to be mission creep, scope creep. Um, this is will get out of hand eventually. I think it's we've got so much evidence of that from past interactions with technology and with the way people and governments think that it'll just it's inevitable. So the question just has to be: Do we accept it or not? I mean, if if I like the idea of a national ID, it's it's just another form of ID, and I don't see why why we shouldn't have it. We get we get a national insurance number when we're 16 in this country. And I think at the same time, we should just get a hold of a national ID, uh, which is in the form of, you know, a card or whatever it is. So I'm not really against it. I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I can't, I can't bring myself to be bothered by it. At the end of the day, I, I, which I know as a Toastmaster, I shouldn't be saying. <laughs> <laughs> When when push comes to shove, which is another another cliche, which I shouldn't be saying, we what happens? What we need to do is control government. That's what we need, and we do that by ensuring that you can't be in. Let's say I asked this question on on Facebook: how 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 long should people be in parliament? And I was surprised by the number of people who said, as long as as long as they keep winning elections. But as wow. I think, sorry? Wow, I disagree with that. I think any sensible person disagrees with that. And I would have thought that at, at most 15 years is enough. In three terms in office is, mm. is, is enough for anybody. Uh, go and get a proper job after that. But, but we've got professional politicians, which always has always bothered me. I actually think if you say, if you analyze that grammatically and look at the syntax, a professional politician is, doesn't make sense. A politician is somebody who's supposed to be solving uh, a solving a, a problem that affects society. No, no, so I don't know that you have an infinite solver of every single problem. It doesn't make any. What do you mean? <laughs> what? Yeah. There must be some area where you're not competent, and you're not giving people who are competent in that area an opportunity to come in and, and, and solve it. You know, why do you think you should be there forever? Uh, it's a, it's astonishing. Now I bring this up because the it's not so much the the the, the fact of the of the identity biometric uh, card isn't this. That's not what's bothering me. Is what can be done with it and by whom? Yeah. So if we had faith in our government, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Yes. The problem is not it's not the biometrics or whatever, the problem is the government. And that's to me, I think as Vaughan is, this is my final position. It's like where we are trying to treat the wrong disease. Yes. No, there we go. Okay, cool. Um, I'm mindful we've reached the end of the show. I just wanted to ask one final thing, or we could discuss it at another time, is if someone used a, a system like this but stole your identity, Mm-hmm. And they would soil the good name of Tayo Boya. They pretended to be you. They acted like you. They had all your biometric information. And they set up a social media platform. They are now Tayo Boya. And you're now fighting to clear your name because that is an imposter. How mm. would you deal with that? And a bio, And something where you have an identity card where... It allows somebody to make it not easier necessarily, but if they did it, it could make your life hell because they could take over your house. They could um, they do all sorts of things. Apparently, this is a topic for another time. There have been instances where people have stolen identities of property owners and sold their house Mm. and they were on holiday when it happened. So they turn back, they come back home and they discover someone's in their house. And it's like, what's going on here? What are you doing in our house? You know, get out of our house. No, we bought this house. So what do you mean you bought this house? Yeah, we bought this house from so-and-so. And it's been legitimately sold. So your house has been sold. And someone else is living in your house. They bought it legitimately because the seller was you, but not really you. You've had your identity stolen. And the seller has sold has sold your house as far as uh, 
they were concerned. That's, a real, horror, that's a real life horror story. Yes, it is. And that has happened. And that's because people have been impersonated. Now, the thing is, that's happened without a secure ID system. So imagine, would the secure uh, biometric system have stopped that happening? No. Or we know it ages it? We don't know. No, for sure. We know it won't stop it because it's, all systems are flawed. No such thing as a flawless system. Indeed. It's no such thing. That's a real life horror story. Good yes, Lord. indeed. Anyway, we've unfortunately on that on that yeah, horrible on that, note, on that horrible note <laughs> on that horrible note we have come to the end of the show for another week. <laughs>